0: everyone. Welcome to Sundays with Saima. This podcast is made for aspiring otolaryngologists to learn from trainees and professionals in the field. I'm your host, Saima Wase, third year medical student at Northeast Ohio Medical University. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Maddie Guzman, otolaryngology PGY1 at Henry Ford Hospital. Maddie, thank you so much for joining me this evening.
1: Yeah, of course. It's my pleasure. Really excited for the talk.
0: So, like me, you graduated from Neomed, which was a six-year BSMD program. Um, so just tell me a little bit about what made you go down that route.
1: Yeah, so I mean, it's it's tough as a high schooler. You know, you have all of these colleges and all of these options. And then Neomed just popped up and I was like, wow, that seems like a really good deal. Yeah. So, Who wouldn't take that? Um, Absolutely. So like you, I got that email when I was 17, 18, saying, hey, you're going to go to med school, Um, see you for six years. And that's how it all began. I wouldn't change a thing. I think it was one of the probably the most fun six years of my life.
0: That's great to hear that you enjoyed it so much. And kind of from a perspective after the fact, that you don't
1: regret anything about that. No, no, I think that. I mean, people are always like, "Oh my gosh, you know, you missed out on college. it feel so bad for you." But like, I mean, you know what I mean. We went to school in the summers when there was no one there, and like we had the whole campus to ourselves. And um, I don't know. I think I think we got plenty of college experience uh, <laughs> throughout <laughs> two years continuously, rather than with those um, breaks for summers. So. Um, yeah, I I wouldn't change a thing about it. I mean, gosh, you can't, you can't beat graduating from ENT residency before you're 30. That's, that's what it is.
0: (laughs) And you're already so highly accomplished while you were at Neomed. I remember you started the student run free clinic, which is an award winning clinic now. Um, What kind of uh, drew you to that uh,
1: volunteering experience? Yeah, so that was, that was such a big part of, um, you know, at least my medical school experience as a second year in college, um, they were developing this team of people who were kind of going to be part of the startup group. Um, I was really lucky. There were a lot of people before me who kind of did some of the heavy lifting around legal and around, you know, procuring facilities. And so, um, I was really lucky to be, you know, a part of that first clinic day, um, and, you know, have our first patient. I, I was working the front desk at the time and to see them coming through the front door after, um, you know, working pretty much all summer on um, advertising essentially to the community and making sure that all of our ducks were in a row for the first clinic day, uh, it was so, so exciting. And then it kind of grew out of control. I mean, <laughs> um, after that first year, we, so many people wanted to be involved and so it was just like volunteers out the door um to try to learn more and to um, also help out the community around us and so um watching it grow over four years and then still kind of keeping up to date um with some of the emails that come through uh is really is really really nice um yeah it was definitely a really really great group of people that was a part of that.
0: Great. Uh, Sounds like it was a very formative
1: experience for your medical school career while you were here. Yeah, gosh. I mean, as much as waking up on Saturday morning (laughs) was unacceptable. I think that overall, you know, it was, It was rewarding, and I mean, you get really early exposure with real patients. So, know those third-year clinicals come around, and everyone's all squirrely, like, "Oh my gosh, I have to like touch patients." Whereas, gosh, for anyone who worked at the free clinic, we were like, "All right, let's go."
0: Yeah, (laughs) that's awesome. So, how did you end up um, thinking about ENT as as your specialty of choice?
1: That's, it's tough. Um, I think that it happened kind of by chance. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it was always something kind of on the back of my mind. I mean, it wasn't, it was never really a front runner. My mom had thyroid cancer when I was in college. And so that's initially what put it on the overall uh, platter of specialties. I was thinking about um, next to oncology, actually. But, um, you know, I, I went to med school with an open mind. I didn't really have too much of a direction at all. And then I did a research fellowship in Zurich, Switzerland after M one year. And that's really what sold the specialty for me. I mean, you had so much OR, but also like a good amount of clinic. It wasn't like other surgical specialties where it's, you know, or 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 all the time it it kind of gave you that continuity that i was looking for and um, you know it helped it allowed you to develop relationships with your patients that i think is missed in some other types of surgery and not to mention the surgeries were like awesome (laughs) i i was really blown away by you know seeing my first neck dissection out on the table right gosh this is crazy sign me up yeah. Um, but yeah, that's I think that experience is really what sold it. And then for clinicals, I was like, let's let's do ENTE. Yeah,
0: that's great that you kind of got an accidental exposure early on and then kind of ran with it throughout medical school. And I had a very similar experience as you, like I got to retract the jugular vein. And I think that was the moment that I knew that this is the field that I want to go into.
1: I love so, it. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> And um, you've been a mentor to me throughout this process. Um, the past year or so I've been asking you questions and bothering you with my daily um, struggles with the ENT application. Do you have any advice for people who are going into the field, um, especially
1: during these trying times? Yeah, this, I mean, gosh, I give mad props to anyone who applied last year, applying this year. I mean, doing all of this 100% remotely basically is crazy to me. Um, and it really does take a lot of patience and a lot of, you know, work on your guys's part. So I think that is across anyone you ask in the field, super impressive um, mm-hmm. that this class is able to do that. As far as, you know, kind of gearing up your applications for this upcoming year, um, for those people who don't have home programs, um, it's definitely worthwhile to pursue a ways. I think it really, you know, allows you to get your feet wet with um, the specialty and, you know, make sure that you want to do it. (laughs) Right. Um, As well as allow you to meet a lot of really cool people, see what other institutions are doing. Um sure I mean that's that's how I ended up where I ended up. I think it's I just really fell in love with um you know how everything was set up and all the people were so memorable and so friendly. Um so I think that is a really major role for applicants as well as your actual application, I guess. Uh which I mean people people kind of know the drill, you know, you gotta have the scores, you gotta have the grades. And then beyond that, I think Diversification is key. And, okay. you know, really finding things that you like to do because nothing is more painful than forcing yourself to do activities that you don't want to do just for the application. Right, right. Um, which I'm sure every medical student can relate with somehow. <laughs> so I think that, you know, if you have a little bit of volunteering that you like to do, a little bit mm-hmm. of research that you like to do, and you know, some prior work experience, whether it be in a lab or not medical at all. Right. I think that all helps make you a well-rounded person, which is really what ENT is looking for, you know, dedicated, well-rounded people that can manage and learn this kind of information uh, quickly and, you know, in the OR. Right.
0: Good points. Thanks for sharing those tips. And I think they'll, that'll be really helpful for all of us applying in the near future. So you mentioned being a well-rounded person and how that kind of sets you up for success in the OR. Um, what did the transition to your intern year, how was that? And tell me a little bit more about how your year has been. <laughs> um, <laughs> <if
1: you're laughs> intern year is great. Uh, <laughs> I, it actually It actually is a lot better than I thought it was going to be because, you know, you see all these dramas and, like, I watched Grey's Anatomy, I'll be the first one to admit it. Um, I thought it was going to be a nightmare, which, yeah, it's long hours. And it's definitely just a different type of learning and patient care than medical school. Because, you know, as a med student, you're there, you're there for a decent amount of hours. And, you know, you're present with the team, you're in the OR, you're there retracting things, identifying things, getting pimped all day. Um, So it's a lot of work. But there's no real responsibility for the patients. And if you don't know something about your patient, while it doesn't reflect well on you, it's not going to harm the patient per se. Right. So I think that was a really big change for me is realizing like, oh my gosh, these patients are my responsibility now. Mm-hmm. I actually do have to know all this history and I, you know, have to make sure that I'm implementing the right treatment and the right, getting the right consultants on board, and um, doing my due diligence. And you know, it's it's just entirely different to have that responsibility. And I think it it makes you more tired after work. But at the same time, you know, it's different than med school because you do have that freedom after work. You don't have to go study for yourself, or you can you can actually sit on the couch and be like, I did a good job today. I'm going to relax. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> um, but as far as intern year, I guess, for people who don't know, it's usually six months on six months off. I think okay. that's pretty much across the board, uh, no matter where you go in the nation, at least when I interviewed, that was kind of the pattern. Um, but I already did my six months of ENT, so okay. I am stuck on off-service stuff for <laughs> the rest of this year to June, which is fine. And most of them are good. Okay. Uh, I just finished plastics. I'm moving into Opco now, okay. which uh, should be really, really fun. We do a lot of ocular plastics. Um, oh, so interesting. Plus all day, every day. Wow. But yeah, off service is definitely challenging, as you would imagine, yeah. drawing info from your third and fourth year that you haven't used in a year or two. And right. now you're the resident and you <laughs> overnight in the ICU. <laughs> and it's like, okay. Oh, wow. So it's, it's, just a different type of learning really.
0: Right. So thanks for sharing everything so far. It seems like it's been like a good transition and you're happy where you're at. That's the
1: impression that I got. Yeah, definitely. It's it's not too different from Ohio here in Michigan, I'll yeah. um, we'll say. And then Henry Ford Hospital, I mean, we just built this new cancer center. So it's like all windows and happy light and stuff like that. Uh, which you do take for granted i did (laughs) really
0: that's Um, a that's a blessing an intern year i'm assuming sunlight
1: (laughs) yeah i i do linger on the little uh bridge that connects the
0: hospitals (laughs) (laughs) so moving on to a kind of a different question but a lot of students kind of go through this feeling of imposter syndrome and not really feeling like they belong, especially without people, like people without a home program. So did you ever experience that? And can you give some like advice on how to get through that feeling?
1: Yeah, it's without a home program. It's really interesting because, you know, your co-residents or, you know, even other medical students have had this ENT irritation and exposure that you might not have. Except for, I guess, in your fourth year, if you're blessed enough to have a rotation these years, um, so I think that it goes back on the responsibility again. Like now, you have all of this responsibility for problems that you don't necessarily know how to fix, uh, especially operative problems. I mean, sure, I can say, oh yeah, patient needs like this surgery, or you know, patient needs, for example. sign of surgery like they they're full of they're full of stuff um i can just say that and that's very easy to say but i can't do it i mean i'm an intern and while i've have gotten to play with the uh you know scopes in the operating room and use the microdebrider once or twice Mm -hmm. um, it's it's just a different type of learning and i think that's the biggest case for ent is when you're in the or all of a sudden it's time out and everyone looks at you and they're like ebl i'm like less than 500 (laughs) (laughs) um but i think i think in, in the or is when i've experienced it personally on the floor i mean you can kind of go by the seat of your pants a little bit you have time you have seniors that are you know able to talk you through things and i guess in the or you have staff and um, maybe a senior as well that you're able to talk to about things but um you know i, I have been in the only one in the room for at least like a time out before and it's like in that moment like, oh my gosh like this is like we're going to sleep i'm here and they're talking to me about the surgery and getting through it i mean it just comes with experience i guess like mm-hmm. now i'm i'm comfortable like being there. And, you know, I'm, I'm no longer shocked when someone turns to me and says like, what are we doing today? Exactly. Like what instruments do you need? Okay. Uh, usually okay. I can guess now at least make, I can <laughs> try to get them on the right track. Yeah. Um, so I think that it just comes with time. And it's one of those things where you just got to grin and bear it, you know? Yeah. And um, anyone who has imposter syndrome, it's, you're already so far in along in the game like if you are experiencing imposter syndrome that means you're in a position that you earned Mm -hmm. and that you even if you're in medical school even if you are a resident somewhere i mean you're in this position for a reason so the fact that you have imposter syndrome is like not to say crazy awesome but it's it's really great that you're in a position where you can get that you know right
0: right it's a blessing to even be like in medical school and being a part of this field so i uh, i mean just to be able to experience it from a medical student perspective is really exciting so yeah i i feel that the confidence increases with um the experience that you get and do you have any mentors that kind of guided you through those moments or what was like the what made you able to
1: endure that, those moments, if you don't mind sharing. Oh yeah. Um, I think that, you know, the support of co-residents, um, especially, I mean, my program at Henry Ford, we were like, super closely knit. I think that whenever one of us is experiencing, you know, uneasiness or being like, I don't know what to do. Everyone is like always willing to help and always there to support you. um, no matter if they're busy with something else, they can provide advice, they can say, you know, I would, I would do that, like if, if nothing else, and at least until someone else can like give you another opinion. Um, so I think that the support of co-residents has been invaluable. Um, I think that we actually have a cool program where we have an attending that we're kind of set up with mm-hmm. um, for our five years to kind of mentor us and guide us through everything. Um, yeah so that's not really from a day-to-day basis necessarily but um, there's kind of that overarching mentorship Mm -hmm. that's um, continuous across one attending and then you know the day-to-day stuff with the residents that um, really just helps you get over that and you know build confidence i'd say
0: that's awesome what are you looking forward to in the in the next year you're gonna
1: be done with your intern years pretty soon right yeah (laughs) Uh Let's see. Looking forward to, I would say, you know, getting back on ENT. I'm I've been off service for four months now, so I definitely miss it. Oh uh, yeah, It's oh gosh, I was actually in the ED the other day for a plastics consult, and then one of our um, third years was also down there with a someone that needed to be scoped, and he's like, hey, you want to like want to like do it I'm like oh yeah my gosh I'm missing it sure (laughs) so we we uh we got to do that which was which was really great um so I'm just looking to get back on the service and looking to figure out what I want to do with my life you know fellowship not fellowship uh you know just the basic small questions what am (laughs) I going (laughs) to (laughs) do
0: that's great uh maybe you'll have a little bit more uh, seniority but also a little bit more responsibility yeah
1: yeah we have overnight call starting second year mm-hmm. so because interns were kind of shielded from the overnight at least on ent right um we're not shielded on other services I'm <laughs> <gonna> call today <laughs> but um yeah on ent we start overnight second and third year and i think that's pretty much universal i don't think many programs, I don't think you're allowed to have interns take overnight call on ENT, if I'm correct, not positive on that one. But I have to go back in July, having been off for six months, and now I'm the overnight person. And it's like, okay, I'm (laughs) in the hospital, let's let's figure all this stuff out. So that'll be that'll be challenging. I think Mm -hmm. it'll, um, it'll be good for me, but it'll also be one of those things where it's like Mm -hmm. very wracking And um, you know, we'll we'll see what happens.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, with experience comes
1: confidence, right? (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's been like the theme of this, right?
0: (laughs) Have you had time to keep up with any of your hobbies that you had um, during this year
1: at all? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Um, You know, it's, it's always an adjustment period going in. I was like, Oh, my gosh, you know, these are crazy hours. And I would just get home and I would just like eat constantly (laughs) for like hours before bed I don't and I like ate throughout the day so I don't know what I was doing but (laughs) I guess briefly I was into like (laughs) it wasn't snacking's not a hobby but that was my (laughs) hobby for like the first couple months I will admit um but there's a lot of other things I've tried to maintain you know I bought a keyboard for my apartment I um had my ukulele up here um Still uh, knitting when I can. That's like a pretty easy one to keep up with. And yeah. I've been running every day, which is like I don't know how long that's gonna last. We'll <laughs> yeah, see on that
0: one. <laughs> that's awesome. So you you play keyboard and I feel like I heard or you told me at one point that you uh did like musicians
1: in medicine at NeoMed or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I know I love I love music and yeah. um Yeah, that that club, I I was in that one for two years and we did like the Christmas concert for the elderly people of the community. (laughs) Feel good, feel good stuff. Um, Um, But nowadays, you know, I just like to play in the apartment. And then actually for graduation, um, we have this tradition of sending our seniors away with a song mm -hmm. of our attendings. Actually, like, I think it's four or five of our attendings are like very musically gifted. And they write these parodies for the seniors with little inside jokes throughout the years. Um, And so it's really, it's like a hilarious, sentimental, kind of roasting moment um, when every senior gets a song. And I'm actually lucky enough this year to be part of the band that's playing that. So I cannot reveal my parts for those songs, (laughs) There is musical involvement. Wow, I'm <laughs> glad. Endings. That sounds like a really fun night waiting to happen. So excited. Yes, that'll be so, so much fun. So I have to practice also. I have to make sure I do that.
0: <laughs> well, it's been great talking with you, Maddie. Thank you so much for joining me. I really enjoyed our conversation and I learned so much um, just like listening to your story and kind of going through those tough times and
1: finding your support in your co-residents. Do you have any final remarks? <laughs> yeah, no, this is this is such a great idea. And I think that, you know, this might hopefully, um, that if MED students are viewing it, that they'll be able to get an exposure to ENT or if they hear about it, they'll be like, oh, ENT sounds, you know, kind of fun. Um, so yeah, I hope that, you know, this... Podcast is uh, helpful to you and to other people. And um, I think it's a really great idea. So kudos to you, Saima. Thank you. All right. Thanks for joining
0: us today. Uh, Mm -hmm. Catch us on the next episode of Sundays with Saima.